Can it? Can it is she was. Can it? Can it? Can it? How would you say she was busy? Heya can it? Mashkula. Mashkula. The word for very, very is kidden. 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 With a G. Kidden. Kidden. And to say very busy, we will say mashkul kidden. So it's going to come after the adjective mashkul kidden. So how would you say she was very busy? Heya can it? Mashkula kidden. Very good. Heya. Can it? Mashrulla Gidden. And I want to mention, just in case anyone's feeling an uncomfortable twitch uh, from Gidden, because it sounds kind of like Gedid, which was the word that we saw, which meant new. Now it's different. Gidden, very. Gedid, new. So when you get similar words, actually, that, that might confuse you, that sound a little bit similar, in Arabic, actually, you can just check what other roots to differentiate them. So for Gidden, we have G, D, N, and for Gedid, we have G, D, D. You can also look at the pattern. These two words have different patterns now. You have Gedid, with the long vowel and the stress on the end, and then Gidden, with the stress on the beginning. So they are actually two different patterns as well. In Turkish, Jiddan is seriously. Well, actually, this is where it also comes from in Arabic. I mean, these are the roots for seriousness. So it's literally more like seriously busy than very busy. And it's interesting that we also do that in English, no? You can say in English, seriously busy, to mean very busy. Nothing to do with being serious. So languages sometimes share things through contact. And other times, languages share things just because... We all have human brains dealing with language in essentially the same way. No, so you find random connections like this. That in Arabic, actually, for very, you are saying seriously, and that's also a possibility in English too. Tired is taben, taben, taben. So how would you say I'm very tired? Ana taben gitten. Good. Ana taben gitten. I was very tired. Ana kunti taben gitten. Good. Ana kunti taben gitten. Or slowly, Ana kunt taben gitten. Without the helping vowel. Very good. The word for Egypt in Egyptian is Masr. 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 So we mentioned that we have two T's. We have T and T. A T that comes with the tongue closer to the teeth. T. And then one with the tongue further back, towards the back of the mouth, ta, ta. And we have the same with S. We have so and so. And actually we do in English as well. In English, we just don't think about it this way because we write one S. But if you look at the words sink and saw, and you observe the difference of your tongue, when you say sink, you see the tongue is kind of going towards the teeth, right? At the front of the mouth, sink. And then when you say saw, where does your tongue go? Saw. It's towards the back. You can feel it going back. So these sound differences, they already exist in English. We just don't write them. In Arabic, you have two different letters for these two different S's. So in Masr, which happens really naturally, you don't really have to think about it, that S, where is that S coming from? The front or the back? The back. Yes, Masr. So that's Egypt in Egyptian. How would you say in Egypt? Fi Masr. Fi Masr. Good. How would you say we were living in Egypt? We were living in Egypt. Ahna kunna 
Aishin fi Masr. Good, but it's important to keep that fi short. Uh, if if you stretch it, I know you were probably just thinking through no fi, but if you stretch it, it will sound like there is or there are. So you need a short fi. Ahna kunna Aishin fi Masr. There is a sound in Arabic which is the cough, the letter cough. It's a cough that comes from far back in the throat. Now, in Egypt, we mentioned that they they like to ignore this sound. It's kind of hard sound to make. No, you have to really pull everything back to produce this sound. So instead of doing all of that, what Egyptian or Kyrene Arabic does is just turn this cough into a hamsa, which is the letter we said that is a pause, like we have in Cockney English, water, little. Now the word Masr can be used to mean Egypt, or it can be used to mean Cairo, which can get kind of confusing, no? If I tell you, for example, Fi Masr, actually you really don't know if I mean in Egypt or in Cairo, because the word Masr is also used to mean Cairo. But there is a word for Cairo, which is Kahira. 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 So here you use the Ka. There are only a handful of words in Egyptian Arabic where the Kaf is maintained. Kahira for Cairo. Karar, which is the side. But otherwise, it's being left out and it's being replaced with, uh, with a Hamsa, with this pause. As we saw in a word like Dilwati, actually in Dilwati, it's not a written hamsa, it's a written cough that's been assimilated into hamsa. So it would be dilwakti, but it's not this dilwakti in Egyptian to avoid having to make that cough. What was the word for very? Gidden. Gidden. And other than gidden, you can say awi, which is kawi in uh, standard Arabic, and that, that cough has become a hamsa. So we have awi for very, which really means strong. And this is interesting because if you look at Spanish, and of course Spanish and Arabic shared 800 years, so they don't just share vocabulary, they share a lot of ideas and the way of saying certain things. You, I'm sure you noticed in Spanish, you have fuerte to say a lot in different contexts. And fuerte and you can hear this in English, it's related to force, no? It means strong. So even in Spanish, you are using this word strong to mean very a lot. And then you will find in Arabic, you are using awi, which is from kawi, which means strong. So how would you say, I am strong? Ana awi. Ana awi, good. How about, I'm very strong? Ana awi. <laughs> yes, it could be, no? And awi awi, or an awi gidden, to avoid that situation.